have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest. Her name is Pooja Gandhi, and she is experienced and a thought-provoking strategic leader. With over 10 years' experience in operations, she has leveraged her experience traveling abroad to improve and drive company growth, all while furthering her education and being a mom to her son, Everest. Usha graduated from the University of Alberta in 2004 with a Bachelor of Commerce in Finance degree, and most recently has completed her MBA with the Australian Institute of Business. Welcome, Pooja. Thank you. Now, I know your journey was not a straight path to success. No. You spoke on this a little bit at Rotary Club, how it was a zigzag path. And during your teenage years, it was cataclysmic. Could you tell us a little bit about your life? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I uh, I grew up. Um, it was the, I was uh, the, the child. I, my parents have two children. I have an older brother, and um, you know, I kind of grew up in his shadow in some aspects, um, but was really pleasantly comfortable being in the background for quite a long time. I think I coasted through my teenage years and into. Universities, a little bit of a in an introvert and, and a bit of a loner, and and I was perfectly fine there. But um, the void and gaps I felt and did did have like I I used to just fill them in and perhaps not the most healthiest ways. And so I, though albeit was very strong academically, I also had a bit of a darker side and a bit of a quieter side and a hidden side for my family and. And, uh, and used to fill some of those voids of loneliness with, um, you know, patterns of uh, addictive behavior and whether that was the gym or academics or narcotics or substances. Um, I exhibited those patterns of like an addictive personality at a, quite a young age. And, um, and without really understanding how to navigate those behaviors, um, I was always quite extreme in almost anything I dabbled in. So, yeah, although on paper, checked all the boxes, I think behind the scenes, I, I really struggled, you know, and I used, I worked really hard during the years, the months and years in between school to uh, to save up money just to hit the road and kind of escape it all. Um, and that's, and then that's really how my, um, I would, I would say the passion for traveling really was, was fueled by that desire to just constantly um, like run away. I guess. Yeah. And your brother was a bit special in that he was a top of the class, uh, really hard to be in his shadow because he was so out there. And so you were your own person. And, you know, I I think in that way you rebelled a little bit because 
you, you know, it's tough being in the shadow of somebody yeah. that is that far ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It really was. You know, that he was a bit of a golden child and uh, and very strong in in all aspects, socially and academically. And so, yeah, you know, it was hard. But I was also really proud of him, and I really like. I I was comfortable just watching him take that role on in the family. Like it was. It was something that um, it wasn't. I wasn't resentful or by any means. I was proud of him. Like, and I still am. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, traveled and you a- ended up in Cambodia for a number of years. Yeah, I ended up, uh, a good friend of mine actually who lived in Edmonton relocated to Cambodia first. And so after I graduated university, I was like, I'm going to go visit him for a year. That was the plan and ended, ended up being several years uh, that I was away. And, you know, Cambodia was my home base. And then I would kind of travel in all the na- neighboring countries um you save up a little bit of money teach english do do whatever it takes and then uh and then you keep you whatever it takes to stay away <laughs> it's kind of the mantra that us expats had at the time now the difficulty with being over there is that you know cambodia is a party life and so you mm. end up partying all the time and that wasn't that healthy for you either yeah, no, it wasn't. You know, when I first left Edmonton to go to Cambodia, I I really thought I was going to clean up my act. I and I really believed that that's what was going to happen. And but that's it's a country where um, you know narcotics is not regulated and it's very easily accessible. And so for someone with my background and experience in narcotics, it was um, it was too hard to ignore. So. Yeah, I certainly, I certainly, I would say it's probably one of the main reasons I, I wanted to stay out there as long as I could, to, to be honest. I would love to say it was about the people and the culture and, and check all the right words to say. But in reality, it was, um, it was the access to, to the freedom that, uh, the freedom of choice that, um, that kept me out there. Now, the beautiful thing that happened to you mm-hmm. is your family kept on loving you and kept on trying to get you back on the path, kept on trying to get you to see the light and come back to the beautiful child that they knew you were. Yeah. 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 They really did. You know, they, they, uh, they never gave up on me. And so ultimately that's, it's what happened. I had a bit of an intervention with my family my brother, um, who was in Japan at the time by chance, came out to Cambodia and, and literally put me on a plane and sent me home. Um, but then I left again, you know, a, a year went by and I saved up enough money and I went back again. And, but you know, that my parents, although, and maybe it's a little bit of my heritage. I'm an, you know, East Indian by trade. So like they, their families don't tend to, they tend to really, um, yeah, there was a bit more of an intimacy and urgency around them wanting to to not give up on me. I guess that might be linked to heritage. I I assume so. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, my father in particular, you know, really um, really has been and always has been, will be um, probably my greatest pillar in life. You know, and so when when I finally did hit the rock bottom, that usually happens to many many people with my story. Um, I was grateful to still have a family that picked me up. Yeah. 
your father was the rock and he wouldn't give up, but he then at the same time would Mm -hmm. not allow you to indulge in your habits. Mm -hmm. So he drew a line in the sand and said, you need to improve. You need to get back. Yeah. I'm not going to be a facilitator. Yep. Yeah, you know, there was a time when when I was incarcerated, it was for several years and my I was started to get involved in the NA program when I was um when I was when I was incarcerated and through that like I learned of all these other programs where um like Naranon and whatnot help families with children or you know family members who are addicts and so I had shared this stuff with my dad via letter and so my dad got connected with a support group in Edmonton. I was in, I was in the state. Um, and my father learned through this program and through talking to other families, um, you know, that enabling is one way is, is, is not going to help me. And so he, I don't think it was easy for him to draw that line in the sand, but, um, I, he was wise enough to take the advice of those that have walked the path before him. And, uh, and so when I did come back to Edmonton, that's exactly what happened. You know, he let me back in his house, but it, it sure wasn't what I had once had with him. It was very, um, it was a lot of tough love and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You, I, I got to applaud you because you were able to turn 180 degrees and mm-hmm. claim your life. You were able to literally change it all around and yeah be- and and become somebody that i don't think you could have envisioned during those dark days yeah absolutely not you know i i, I, I mean it wasn't too long ago if you do the math like i think it was i came back to edmonton came back on that airplane in that gray jumper with a paper bag that many people can relate to i suppose um, and all my belongings were in a paper bag. That's all I had coming back from jail. And, um, and like, you know, I never, I never, never imagined, I knew the road would be hard and it would be, it would be a journey, but, um, I never imagined I would, I would be able to successfully have, gain employment or become, um, a good friend or become an honest employee or like check or, or, or like those were so, they were so far from where, what I thought I could be or was capable of, you know, and I remember those years of being an addict, you know, you're awake when everyone else is sleeping and you're on those rooftops and you're seeing everybody wake up in the morning and they're getting in their cabs and going to work or they're kissing their husbands and wives goodbye. And it, it, it's this like facade of like, you know, this is a, this is the life I wasn't born into. And I really believed that. I believe that that was, that was a different world. And then I was in this world and, and, and I had accepted that um, those realities were very different. And, um, and now here I am 15 years later, you know, like dropping my kid off to school and picking him up and going to work and, you know, and all these things that were once such a stretch. Um, But yeah, it took, it took, it took some time, but I got there. The reason I love what you're saying is because it is so important for everybody to realize Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter where you're at. If you take the right steps and make the decisions to change, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how far 
life has beaten you down, what addictions you have, what things have happened in your life, you truly can see the light and change 180 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, you can. You know, it, it, it wasn't, it's not like I did it alone. I have to say like it took, I had a lot of support. I had, um, I was in Narcotics Anonymous for five, six years and I had a sponsor who to this day, although I'm not in the program anymore, is a big part of my life today. And like I had a lot, I think it was important for me to surround myself with people who had were struggling in my same path, like in that, that had, that had the same life experience because in in the initial years of finding my feet, I really felt alone. Like I felt very, very much like it was, it was a different kind of loneliness than what I had as a child. It was very much like this story of like, I am a monster and I've done X, Y, Z. And, and then you think you're the only one. And then I think it was the power of, um, the power of being around people that have been, who have done the same or been where I am or want the same goals as me was really critical for me. And then once I found my way, uh, you know, got a job, those kind of those fundamental basics, then I really wanted to surround myself with people that had what I didn't have. And that was, you know, a successful career, a network of people, a house, you know, these, these, the fundamental basics. Um, but but weren't basic for me at that time. So yeah, al- although it was it it, I would love to say it was something I accomplished on my own. It really was. I had a lot of love. I had a lot of support. I had a lot of encouragement. Um, but at the end of the day, it's you. That's me that had to do the work, and it's me that still, even to this day, like I still have imposter syndrome. I still have. I still battle with a lot of. Um, I still have my own battles. Like it doesn't ever go away. And I think that's, that's part of the journey that I've learned to love the most is that like through where, whenever I get, go down that path of feeling, um, you know, like not worthy of or, or whatnot, I, I just jump into service. And I, and I think that's why community service and, um, has been such a big part of my journey is really like, I can't change what I've done, but I can change how I am today. And, what I give back. And so, you know, for someone like myself, who's taken from the system for as long as I have, um, this was my way of finding peace with it was to give back. And I think that's fundamentally why community service is such a big part of my story today. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think what you're telling us is so important. You know, I, you have learned that in order to grow, you need to give. and. Mm-hmm has become a large part of your life. I know that because mm-hmm. you're a member of the Rotary Club with me. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. It's service before self. And that yeah. is something that's an important lesson for people to learn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That You know, it's, it's a similar mantra to those that are in recovery too. You know, you do a lot of service even back in the day, but it, it's, it falls off. It's a little bit different now for me. It's more like, um, like, you, you, the Rotary, for example, it's, you know, you paid to be a part of that network to give back. Like it's, it's a bit more intimate. It's more than just on the surface, which is why I'm really proud to be a part of the Rotary because it's, um, it's an honest and, and true and genuine organization where it allows you to fill, to fill those voids. Yeah. And you also do community work as what you decided to do as part of your, your job. Why did mm-hmm. you tell others about that? 
with my job. Yeah, what, what is your job now that you're an MBA and how you're helping people in those regards? Yeah, so uh, previous to, to what I'm doing today, I, I was working um, for a retirement home business. So I was chief operating officer of a senior home operation in Edmonton, Alberta. And I did that for several years. And prior to that, I always worked in operations roles, none of which really tapped too much into they, they say like, you know, it's always that mantra. You have it on the website that everyone's community driven, but it's never really, you know, it's not really to the depth you want it to be. I'm currently employed with Compass and it's a hospitality organization in, um, with various branches of specialty. And they're, they, you know, what I love about, um, organizations like, you know, even in hospitality is that it is a customer surf business. So you are constantly, again, it's service before it is self often. Um, but I, most of my, most of my fulfillment in the community area of, of, uh, giving back, it comes from board work. So former board member of Boyle Street, which helps with homelessness in, in Edmonton, Alberta. I'm on the Jerry Forbes board and, you know, I serve in that capacity. So, where, you, where um, especially in the not-for-profit sector, where they perhaps don't have the um, internal skill set for strategic operations, I'll tend to get involved. So, yeah, those are that's kind of like where I like to spend my time and how I decide to spend my time is really connected to like how and what these organizations do um, back in the community. Yeah, th- this is, I, I think, what all of us have to realize is that we have to find our niche. We have to mm-hmm. find what we can do. And mm-hmm. once we find out what we can do, then we have to help people with that. And and that's yeah. what you have done is you have found, you know, it's been a challenge. You've climbed the mm-hmm. mountain. You, you've fallen off the mountain. You've climbed the mountain again. But still, yeah. you fell down with your feet on the ground. And where you yeah. are, because of all the things that you've been through, you're mm-hmm. in a to help others that nobody else can do. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I appreciate that perspective. And it's been something I've always had to, to remind myself because although it is it is gratifying to know that like these things happen and these things happened and I take ownership of what happened, but there's a way to help today. That that's a really good feel good story. Like it does feel good. Um but in, you know, in all honesty, it, it is hard. Like it is still hard. Like I still have hard days. Like I have, I do. And you can get in your own head a little bit. And I think sometimes I feel like, um, although like my, you know, I can appreciate your perspective on my story. Um, unless I surround myself with people who have walked the same path with me, I think I, I, will, I can easily forget it. And so I appreciate being able to share this with you and hearing your support and encouragement because um, I feel like, I feel like uh, I can, it's hard to give myself those accolades, you know, and I think most recovering addicts would feel the same way. Like you're your own worst critic always. And you can give back and give back and keep giving and maybe it's never enough, but um but I hope one day, like I wake up and I can give myself the same accolades. And I don't know if I'm there in my journey yet, but, but I do appreciate uh, that, that you share that encouragement because um, 
I need to remind myself of that a bit more. <laughs> and I think uh, many people that have been beaten down like you have a bit mm -hmm. of, a, you know, they, they have this imposter syndrome. They have yep. this that they, oh, although I've done this and this, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm not, but look, you have a bachelor's degree. You have an mm -hmm. MBA. You mm -hmm. have all these things. And yet you serve on boards, you do these things, you have a beautiful child, you know, yeah. all those things are just showing what you've accomplished in a fairly short period of time. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a really rewarding journey. You know, when, uh, it, it, it is baby steps, it always is and always will be um, baby steps. But yeah, I, I, I feel really blessed. This show is called the How to Live a Fantastic Life show, and we have mm -hmm. millions of listeners. What advice can you give to people that are mm -hmm. perhaps in the downside like you were, that are having difficulties dealing with things? What advice yeah. can you give them to have a fantastic life? Yeah, you know, for me, it, it's been, um, I think, it's, I've always been just really authentic and really honest about where I am in my journey. And I, and I, it's never really served me wrong, to be honest. And so, um, I think it's my biggest advice is like, if you're having a bad day, say you're having a bad day. If you need help, ask for help. And like, and I think that, you know, talk about imposter syndrome, talk about your fears and talk, and, you know, be, be keeping it real has been, what's given me the greatest joy because the more, the more honest I am and the more, the less lonely I feel. And, um, and through that, you know, you find people that can relate to you. And, and through that, I find community and within community, I find joy. And so it's really a trickle down effect that way for me, it's been instrumental to my journey no, is to really, is to keep it real. That's beautiful. And I think what you're saying there resonates with so many people. Mm -hmm. You know, Brenny yeah. Brown talks about being vulnerable and she talks about how vulnerability cannot exist in a vacuum. You know, mm -hmm. you're feeling shame when you're feeling difficulties. If you talk about it, if you let yeah. it in, it vanishes yeah. because shame the shame demons do not like the things that light being shone on them. So the very fact that you realize that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I, I love her as an author too. So like I can appreciate that she either the probably how, where I learned that and read it is because I read it from her, but it's really been, I think and I keep it honest and I keep it simple. Um, yeah. It's, everything seems to work out well. Yeah, th that's true. Mm -hmm. So, Pooja, how can people find out a little bit more about you and maybe what you have to offer? Uh, you know, like, I guess it, um, you can find me on LinkedIn, I suppose, is probably the best way. I mean, I have uh, nothing but time for anyone that needs it. So happy to, you know, connect with anybody. I you have a LinkedIn profile. I'm on social media platforms and um always willing to, to connect with someone that needs it. So, Well, that's good because I think there are people that need a helping hand and mm -hmm. they reach out to somebody that has been down their path. I, I yeah. know that is something that people are more willing to reach out to somebody 
that has seen the demons like you have and yeah. has dealt with those demons and has has risen above them. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, at any time. Happy to help. Okay, well, thank you so much for being here and thank you for sharing with our listeners. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out my website, drallenlika.com. And be sure to get a golden pearl. Each and every week, it'll be delivered to your mailbox. And as a result, you'll have a fantastic day. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, nobull.biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to nobull.biz.